tell you what, I, I really don't know where my family would be without the YMCA of the North. Um, you know, my kids are going there um, in the summer uh, to just engage and keep their skills up and make sure they have that interpersonal connection. You know, when kids have special needs and, and you stop their routine, it is difficult. And sometimes they regress and they lose, um, you know, a lot of the things that skills that they've learned during a regular school year. Um, and, and then, you know, when my father-in-law, Papa B was living with us, uh, the YMCA was the hub for him. It, it's what kept him active and alive. Uh, when Papa B came to us, he was on respite care. And we got him at the Y on Mondays for chair yoga and on Tuesdays for, um, you know, his little fitness class. On Wednesdays, he had Bible study. Um, and Thursdays, he had like silver sneaker or senior activities there. And it was almost like every day of the week he was at the YMCA for something. The little Metro Mobility bus would pick him up and it gave him a reason um to to get up and to shave and to bathe and to shower and to to get out of the house and so I know how important um, whole person well being is um, and, and how implementing that in our family has has made a difference um, and, and I don't know where we be without the YMCA of the North and they have a community well being open house on Tuesday eleven to one at the St Paul Midway Y. That event is free for the entire family. And so I wanted to talk more about that and invite Sally St. John. She is a vice of whole person well-being at the YMCA of the North. And she is joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Miss Sally, thank you so much, not just for being here on this show today, but for what you provide for families in need like mine at YMCA of the North. Well, thank you for having me today, and thank you for sharing your own personal story. I just, I think everyone has a why story, and it's what makes this work so meaningful and why we need to keep doing it in the community. Now, speaking of doing it in the community, you got the generous support of the George Foundation, and you've got this event coming up on Tuesday, this open house. Talk to me about that. Yes. So on Tuesday, we are hosting a community celebration um, because yes. Penny and Bill George and the George Family Foundation have given us a lead gift of $8 million wow. so we can move towards this huge whole person well-being initiative to mm -hmm. really start to evolve from what we've been known for as this legacy, you know, swim and gym model towards a model yeah. that truly mm -hmm. serves the whole person. And, you know, I, I have to tell people all the time, I'm like, they're like, you going, you back at the Y, weren't you just there yesterday? I'm like, yeah, but yesterday we were here for one thing. Today we're here for something completely different. There's so many components of um, what the YMCA of the North provides, not just for the kids, because a lot of people know, oh, the after school care, or they know the silver sneakers, or they know, like you said, the gym and the swim. But it's really about the whole person, the well-being. And 
and I saw my father-in-law's mental health get better. I saw him go from, Mm. you know, not really wanting to live and being very thin and emaciated to being overweight and happy uh, because he was getting up every day and going to the YMCA for one reason or another. And every day was different. Every day is different. And I think that's what's so important about the whole person model is, you know, we're, we're, we're prioritizing spirit, mind, body, community, community in the context of the environment that you live. And your needs change from day to day. Your needs change mm-hmm. depending on the life stage that you're at as a human. Um, and so this open house is really, you know, inviting people to dip their toe in on all the mm-hmm. different well-being practices that you might need access through as you travel this journey of life. Um, and so at the open house, we're, we're really trying to create an experience where you can kind of journey through all of those different well-being practices. And we've organized them in kind of five key well-being categories. The first one is nourish. So this is around like learning about food and farming and how do you mm-hmm. stay hydrated and mm. all the things that are around food, like the people you're with and how that really nourishes your well-being. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is move. And so we all know the why does this well. It's that physical activity. It's making sure you're moving your body. But it's also, you know, having adventure in the outdoors, you yeah. know, and getting out there and just playing with nature. And then the third category is reflect. So these are those practices that tap into, um, you know, our minds so or our mindfulness, you know, our connection to spirituality, prayer. Um, you know, journaling and those reflective practices that really help nurture our mental and emotional well-being. And then the fourth one, which I think the Y has done so well since the beginning of the YMCA, and it's connection. So what mm-hmm. are we doing to be with community and take care of each other and have healthy boundaries in our relationships and, and coaching each other to live with our highest potential and, you know, welcoming in those, um, you know, specialty people in our lives that can coach us to get to the next stage of our life. And then the last one, which I think Americans in general need to do so much more of, and that's learning how to restore. You know, mm. so what is your sleep routine and your sleep hygiene look like? Um, you know, do you really know how to rest? And, you know, just kind of learn how to be bored and be comfortable with being bored. And how do you maybe go and ask to receive from other integrative healing body workers, such as acupuncture or Mm -hmm. energy healing or massage therapy, for example? So at the open house, you're going to be able to try all this stuff on for free and kind of see what resonates and feels meaningful to where you're currently at in your well-being journey. Well, we have got to make sure folks know that open house the community well-being open house is tuesday october 4th from 11 a.m to 1 p.m at the saint paul midway y and this event is free uh take a couple of hours over your lunch break um take a break from running and gunning and get out of that hamster wheel and get (laughs) over here because you know we are all we've got and if we don't restore and rejuvenate and recharge, girl, we're going to burn out. We are. We are going to burn out. And I think this is our call to action, each and every one of us. We have so much work to do in the world to do good, but we need the energy. We need the well-being to do it. And so come practice your well-being with us at the Y. 
Sally St. John, Vice President of Whole Person Wellbeing at the YMCA of the North. Thank you for joining us on the Shaletta Show. Thank you for having me and happy Saturday to you. You as well, my friend. She came to us courtesy of the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. And you all don't go anywhere. I've got to talk about this whole Antonio Brown situation. I got my fingers, eyes, and toenails crossed that Steve Thompson is listening. We are putting up the bat signal because I got to chat with him about this. Steve, where are you? Join us on the Shaletta Show next. It is 118. You are listening to the Shaletta Show on News Talk 830 WCCO Radio, your good neighbor station. Now, Carrie, Mark Fry, and I are here until 2. And then from 2 to 3, Steve Thompson is coming up with Tech Talk, and he's going to be here live broadcasting until 430. And then the Twins take on the Detroit Tigers in Detroit. Pre-game starts at 430. First pitch is at 510 right here on your good neighbor station. Now, Carrie, I, I got to ask, did Steve ever call back? I cannot wait to talk to him about this Antonio Brown mess. Is that nuts? Yes. Steve will join us at one fifty. Yes. Yes. Because I have got to get his take on this. If you all have not heard or seen the video, Antonio Brown goes to Dubai, I think, and he is in some type of pool, and he is um, bare naked in the pool with guests. This is a public pool. Other people are there. Um, and pre- pe- folks are pretty shocked um, that he is exhibiting this kind of behavior. Um, it is lewd. It is crude. I can't imagine being there as a 50-year-old woman seeing this. And I would have been just even more... Mm, had my children been there on vacation and seen something like this, Antonio Brown has got to be checked for mental health issues because there's no way anybody in their right mind would have done what he did. If you have not seen the video child, go to TMZ. I'm not posting it on my timeline because my kids check out my social media feed. Um, and so does my mama. And I don't want Antonio's bare butt on my social media timeline for any reason, but it is there. Have you seen it, Carrie? I saw. I read an article. I didn't want to see. I don't need to see that. You know, it's not suitable for work. Too. I'm here. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I don't. Yuck. Yuck. I was like, oh my god. And you know, this is the thing. He's in another country. You don't know when you go to another country what the rules of engagement are. What could get you arrested? What could get you flogged? What could get you jailed? Brittany Griner's in jail right now for years because she had a vape pen in her luggage and here he is exposing himself uh to folks at a public pool um and you know you you and you and somebody else's country you're in foreign territory buddy i'm surprised that they didn't arrest and jail him for some type of indecent exposure charge yeah i don't you know i'm reading this article i'm looking at one from the new york post it says this happened on may 14th so, but yeah. they've just gotten the video of it now. So, I mean, thankfully, I, I don't. I think he got out of Dubai, so that's good. Yeah, um, but but the point is that he got. How did he get out? And Brittany Griner's in jail. Oh that's God. what I I need to figure out. And and you know the the video that I saw, you know the woman who was near him was clearly disturbed. Yeah. 
Um, she was very upset. She kept trying to get away from him, and, and the guys were egging him on who were taking the video. I'm sure, Carrie, you know, knowing news the way I do, um, that whoever took the video, whoever's property it was, they were getting paid. I'm sure they didn't give up that video willingly or for free. So there was probably some negotiation going on and they were waiting on a paycheck. And so that's probably why we are just getting this video in October for an incident that happened in May. I, I remember being my, my first experience with um, news paying for video or tabloids paying for video. I was at an AC station in Houston um, and I was working the night shift on the assignments desk and, um, you know, there was an incident, a news story that happened, and one kid had video. And everybody was trying to get this video for this particular story. And um, he said, I want $5,000 for this video. And ABC wind up giving him the money to get the exclusive video. And I just remember asking this kid's dad, how did he come up with a $5,000 price tag. He said, well, you know, he just got a little truck. He, 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 it, you know, cost him $5,000 and, and he wants to pay the truck off. So that's how he came up with the money. And, and, you know, I, I, I was, you know, kind of relatively new to that type of competitive news where, you know, everybody wants exclusive. You've got four major news outlets in town and, you know, everybody wants to get the jump and say they've got this story that nobody else has. But, you know, just that was my first time seeing a bidding war for video, for exclusive video. And, um, you know, the kid came right on up. They cut a check. He came up that night. He handed them the video. They handed him the check. Um, you know, and this was before you could um, email video or, you know, send it in on a, you know, bring a flash drive. He had to bring us the stuff, you know, um, and, and we were able to download it. But. You know, I, I'm sure I'm, I'm I, you know, I don't know 100 percent, but I'm 99.9 percent sure that, you know, that video was sold. And um, that is why uh, we're just now getting it from May um, to now. But I, 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 I look forward to seeing what um, Antonio Brown's defense is. You know, as far as I'm concerned, it's indefensible um, that a grown adult man with children um, is behaving that way in public in another country he had just better be thanking his um god that his mama or grandmama or aunties or somebody was praying for him and he was able to get out um of that country without being arrested um on his way out at the airport once he got here um and and deboarded that plane that they didn't make him go back and stand charges i'm sure we are just beginning to see the fallout for this story. And speaking of fallout, um, girl, did you know the Vikings were in London? Yes. Did you? <laughs> I did not. Um, I, I knew they were going, but I didn't know um, that they were going like right now. Like I knew it was on the schedule, but I didn't have the, 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 the timeline in front of me. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, because I'm Facebook and Twitter friends with Jonathan Weinhagen over at the Minneapolis chamber. Right. And so I start all of a sudden seeing all these pictures in London and, you know, all these photos. And I'm like, they're all hanging out in London for the big Vikings game. And so, Carrie, this is what we're going to do. Okay. Hmm. We're going to start working on this for next year. 
Okay, if any of our teams are going to another country, the Shaletta Show's going on the road. Whoa. Okay, we're going to leave Jonathan back at the studio so he can press the buttons, and you and I are going to leave our kids and men in our lives back here in America, and we're going to hop on a plane with Jonathan Weinhagen and all the cool people, and we're going to go to London, and we're going to broadcast the show live, uh, and we're going to line up all the players um the single ones preferably um and you know i'll do interviews with them and all the business people who are there because you know this is a an amazing business opportunity i'm just kind of following along with jonathan weinhagen and living vicariously through him but the connections that he's making um and, and the people that he's meeting and greeting and hoping to bring business um back to the twin cities it is absolutely amazing um you know just the the connections that they're making in the short time that they're there and i and I, and I know that they're there to you know enjoy the game and you know it's an opportunity for the nfl to expand you know to other uh, parts of the world but i'm just so excited to see um any opportunities any businesses you know any connections that they're able to bring back to minneapolis and into minnesota as a whole um you know to help our economy to help our people to you know create jobs and opportunities it, it's it's it, i'm looking forward to it but you know i have to say i'm a little jelly um carrie because i'm looking at all the cool drinks and the food and the fun and everybody's having such a good time and i'm like hey uh that could be me and carrie over there doing the damn thing but we're here you know, and not 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 saying that I don't enjoy being in St. John, and I can't wait to get out there with the kids and enjoy some of the football game and see the cheerleaders and the team and the band and you know all that cool stuff. But you know, uh, it's London. Yeah, I've never. Been. Have you ever been over there? I have not. No, I have not. We, I would need, love to we go. Need would the you twins, love to we need the twins or the wolves to do something, <laughs> and then we can go. <laughs> So we don't have to wait a whole nother year. Right, right. Or or we could do a preview. You know, like if the, we know somebody's going, then we can say, oh, we're going to go ahead of them and do some preview stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then we could, you know, we can go and try the food and, you know, broadcast live. I, I think it's a way we can flip that and make that happen. I, I don't know. What you think? I think I, we could do it, girl. I think, I think we, we could, could at least it. ask, right? We, just, <laughs> we can at least ask. You never know. Dream big, dream big. Put, we can put in the request now yeah. and speaking of requests girl so while we are here um in um collegeville at uh st john's and the college of st benedict enjoying their um football homecoming game against um the concordia Cobbers. uh i'm broadcasting the show live from the athletic director's office i don't even know if he knows that i'm in here he just left all this stuff out. He must think I don't steal. Um, they've got all kinds of cool pens and paper clips and stuff and, and, and envelopes and everything. But I'm going to be a good girl. I'm not going to take his soda. I see he's got soda and energy drinks all over the place. I'm, I'm going to be a good girl, Carrie. But um, but so so anyway, you know, as we're broadcasting the show, folks are hitting me up on Facebook and, and Twitter and, you know, giving me all kinds of suggestions and kind of telling me uh, what kind of fun stuff is going on and what we should do in the lay of the land and Somebody told me to check out the crew restaurant in St. Joseph. And they said they've got really good because, you know, my people are from Louisiana. And I and my grandmother has taught Sean how to cook all the authentic Cajun meals, even though he's from Ohio. You would not be able to tell 
eating his food. I mean, this Sean has cooked Cajun food for Andrew Zimmer. And so, you know, he must really be doing it right. Okay. So anyway, they told us to try the crew restaurant in St. Joseph on College Avenue North. And so, you know, when people tell you, oh, they serve Cajun food. If you're from Louisiana, uh, you know, this is you, you can't tell people from Louisiana to eat Cajun food in Minnesota because you think, is it really good Cajun food? You know, should we really try it out? But. You know, just looking at the menu, Carrie, they've got uh, Louisiana red beans and rice, shrimp jambalaya, barbecue shrimp, etouffee. They've got Louisiana crab cakes and boudin balls and fried Brussels sprouts and shrimp rolls. So so I, I don't know. I, I've put in a request to Sean because, you know, he brought hot dogs and buns and stuff. And the kids were looking forward to grilling and making s'mores. Girl, to hell with them s'mores. I want to go over to the crew and check out some of these Louisiana Cajun dishes um, that they've got. And then, Carrie, they got cocktails. Your favorite. <laughs> yes, ma'am. They've got apricot, gin ricky, dragon's breath, daiquiri, a Minnesota mule. They've got Shirley Temples. They've got uh, all kinds of amazing uh, drinks while eating with hibiscus infused vodka, elderflower liqueur, lemon juice. I, I mean, girl, I'm just like, I might not even eat nothing. I might just park the RV in the parking lot, take up about 10 spaces and just get my drink on. They've got sangria. So I, I, so I, I know the kids carry that, you know, one of the things that they look forward to when we go um, to fun places like this is, you know, the s'mores and the grilling and all that good stuff. But girl, I might have to disappoint them kids. Because I think I'm going to try me that uh, Louisiana shrimp roll. And y'all go, don't go anywhere. We are on a roll on the Shaletta Show. My friend Steve Thompson is coming up in just a few. So y'all don't want to miss it. I don't know if you all remember, but a couple of weeks ago, I broadcast this show live from an autism caregiver retreat. We laughed. We cried. We talked about everything except politics. We did not even realize that early voting had started because as caregivers, we are so um, just in the fight to take care of our special needs kids. We have no idea what's on the ballot, who, who stands for what, because we have just been busy trying to keep our head above water. And that's when I realized, you know what, I got to do something for these other moms like me and caregivers people who are taking care of their elderly mother or father or their, you know, loved one with a disability or their special needs child. So they can understand what's at stake in this upcoming election. So I call my friends at AARP and they were like, Shaletta, let's do it. Let's have a virtual workshop, an informational workshop, nonpartisan, where we can come together with some experts. You can ask some questions. Your people can ask some questions. It is free. It is Wednesday, October 5th. Uh, we kick things off at noon. Come and have lunch with me. Um, bring your brown bag. Sit down. Log on. Uh, whether you are on your laptop at work and you can take a break, uh, whether you can put the kids down, uh, find a respite for your elderly uh, loved one that you're caring for, and spend about an hour and 15 minutes with me virtually. 
for this AARP Minnesota information workshop because I want you all to understand what's at stake. This is specifically for caregivers so we can make sure to have our voices heard. Um, and, and so I'm so glad that poor V Bot uh, is joining me now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. She is a healthcare executive and family caregiver with AARP. Poor V, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Shaletta. Thank you for bringing voice to this important issue. You know, when we start talking about caregivers, we don't say enough about caregivers. They are the backbone of the healthcare system. If they don't get the elderly loved one to therapy or implement, um, you know, the practices in the home to help them have a better quality of life, make sure they get their medication, you know, the things don't work. Things don't happen. And and so a lot of times Mm -hmm. caregivers, you know, they don't have their voices heard because we don't have time to speak up. But this (laughs) workshop is really going to give us an opportunity to understand not only how to speak up, but what issues are on the ballot. You know, which folks are, are, you know, their values are lining up um, and, and making sure that caregivers are taken care of so that we can have the tools and the resources that we need. Um, to provide the care, um, the quality care to our loved ones that need it. So talk to me about this event on uh, Wednesday, October 5th at noon. Oh, sure. It's it's an important time for all of us to, first of all, share our stories, right? I think mm-hmm. something that is important is like me, you know, yes, I'm, a, I'm involved in healthcare myself, but I also took care of my dad and recently lost my mom having taken time to take care of her as well. And sometimes when we're playing that caregiver role, um, we forget that, hey, we actually know a lot because of what we do. And Mm -hmm. the time that we can take to focus on caregiving for us because we are taking care of our loved ones, but also kind of twist into some of the expertise that we already have because we're doing care and because of what we're trained in. And this event allows us to come together and wear both hats. And think about, well, what is it that we're actually learning? Um, What is it that we see needs greater voice? And it allows people like you, like me, like so many others who also have other work that we're doing come together and uh, and talk about both issues. I know for the the pieces of information that we're going to learn about, we're going to learn from AARP's policy folks what's happening on the ground here in Minnesota and where can we come together and have a voice. Uh, We need to make time. I know it's hard to do. But to make time to vote and use your voice, um, think through, wow, why is the day hard and what can make it easier? And then listen and learn to who's, you know, what are what are our policymakers actually thinking about and where can your story help? And if you don't have the time, someone in your family may. And just to really, you know, bring forward our own story and where some change could be helpful to us. We're going to hear from the University of Minnesota and about data in terms of what's going on for us. Mm-hmm. There's 640,000 caregivers here. In our state. And so what can we do there? And I'm going to have an opportunity to share a bit more, um, certainly from my own lived experience, but about the ethnic differences in terms of how Mm -hmm. care comes to life for us, right? We know that the backbone is us. And sometimes we think, you know, it's up to family. It's what family's always done for each other and what neighbors have always done. This is the part of care. We don't talk about as much because we believe that. But then we realize that, wow, when it is time for the most, sacred type of care, the most compassionate care. There's an entire workforce that comes into our homes. 
Are they well cared for? Are they well paid? Are they mm-hmm. safe? And mm-hmm. do they know that maybe if you're in a Jewish household, you need to do this? If you're in a Hindu household, you need to do this? Does our hospice system, our palliative system, um, have they pivoted into the, the beautifully diverse tapestry that is Minnesota? And all the things that we need, and so much of it happens at home behind these closed doors. And how do we make it much more ethnically rich and diverse as we deliver care? And so that is the table I think that you'll be helping us set with your own experience, um, and then hopefully we'll open up so that we can talk together with uh, with participants that'll be virtually coming in. And I hope that everybody listening. Um, if you are a caregiver, you know someone who is, uh, you are a school counselor, and um, you've got parents um, who have kids in your care. If you are at Family Means in Stillwater, and you have some mm. seniors there, and, you know, folks mm. like me, the daughter-in-law, the son-in-law, mm. the son, the daughter, the grandkids are dropping them off. Let them know about this event, discussion of caregiving and the importance of voting for candidates who support family caregivers, caregivers at the poll October 5th from noon to 115. Uh, org is where you can go to sign up. It is free. It'll be live streamed on YouTube and Facebook. And I tell you, we have a tight program. Um, it is going to benefit you and your entire family. And it is also going to give you the tools that you need to make informed decisions and choices. Because a lot of times, and, and you know this, you feel so alone, like you are in it and nobody else cares. Why should I even vote? You know, nothing is going to change. And that's what some folks are hoping for. They're hoping that you don't understand and know what is at stake in this election. And and there's so much. And so we want to give you the tools you need to make the best choices for your family. So this event, Caregivers at the Polls, October 5th from noon to 1.15, go to AARP um, Minnesota. Uh, That is where you can go to get signed up. Um, And it's right there. You can click on the link if you forget about it. It's going to be streamed live on the YouTube and Facebook pages. So make sure you sign up so you can get the reminders um, so you can have everything you need to make informed choices at the polls. Um, It is so important that we get um, there. We get to where we need and, and do what's right for and by our families. I, I can't thank you so much. Um, I can thank you enough, uh, Porvi, for being here, um, for helping me tell everyone about this um, event. Uh, you guys have spent so much time um, and trusted me uh, to host and moderate this. And, you know, we're just going to be um, sharing our stories and hopefully um, informing um, our fellow caregivers so that they can make an impact in this upcoming election. Now, y'all don't go anywhere. Steve Thompson is coming up next. I have been looking forward to talking to him all day because I want to get his take on this whole Antonio Brown fiasco. He is joining me coming up. Before I let you go, I had to invite my friend Steve Thompson on the Shaletta Show. He is coming up next at 2 o'clock with Tech Talk for an hour, and then he's on until 4.30 when the Twins pregame start. Steve, I'm sorry. I know you're prepping for your own show. You got stuff to do, but I had to get your take on this whole Antonio Brown mess. What, the video in the pool? Yes, Steve. Yes, the video in the pool. (laughs) 
what, what, what's crazy about it is, is why did it take so long for that to, to come out? That's, well, you know, like I, I was telling to... Carrie, I think that somebody was uh, holding out for a payday. I think maybe yeah. somebody said, you know, I'll, I'll hold on to it if you pay me for it. And then he didn't pay him for it. And then they sold it to, you know, another newspaper or news outlet. You know how the game pl- is played, Steve. You've been in this business sure. long enough to know folks is paying for video. I think that's what it was. I really do. Well, number one, it's 100% inappropriate behavior. You know, I, I'm a, I'm surprised the law didn't get involved. I I'm just, mm-hmm. and and maybe they did, uh, maybe hotel security did, but that that's a bad deal. That's that's not right. How is he going to ever play for another team? Everybody knows that the talent is there, but there's definitely something wrong. Yeah, for sure, and I I think that's why he he's not. Uh, Playing in the NFL is, you know, there's just teams that are not willing to take that on. And, you know, a video like this is one thing, inappropriate behavior for any human being on the planet. But but, but there's a reason he's not in the league. And mm. um, you're, you're right, supremely talented, but the, the teams have determined not worth the risk. Yeah, it it is sad. It is frustrating. I, like you said, I'm surprised. You know, you got Brittany Griner in jail for a vape pen that Antonio Brown is not behind bars right now. Wow, yeah, and the whole Brittany Griner thing in, in jail and Putin's Russia, I mean, that, that's just an all-around sad situation. They're trying to win the release of her and another person who who is being held over there. And and I just think, based on what we're seeing on the geopolitical stage, that uh, Brittany Griner is not getting out anytime soon. And every time I think about her being over there, I swear I just get so sad. I get so sad for her, for her wife, for her family. Um, you know, just that situation, how, oh. how she. Oh my God! I just I can't even imagine. Well, and, and and for that matter, any American that that's held overseas uh, under you know dubious circumstances. Now, she admitted she made a mistake. There, there's no mm-hmm. question about it. Um, mm-hmm. But but for for that kind of kangaroo court and the the sentence and the way she's being dangled out there as a political pawn is what's really sad. That that's no one should do business that way. She made a mistake, but what's the appropriate punishment? It's certainly not 10 years in prison. Okay, now look, I got to pivot and ask you this before you go. Is Carlos Correa going to be here next year? You know, Shaletta, from day one when he signed that contract and we learned that he had an out after one year and the fact that he does have an agent that is – notorious for getting top dollar for his clients. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way, notorious. I mean, right. Scott Boris has that reputation where he's going to get maximum dollars. Carlos Correa had a good year. The, the Twins were in first for much of the summer. He's an outstanding shortstop. He maybe didn't produce as much offensively as the Twins had hoped. But here's the thing. He is still going to get a big payday. And yeah. he, he's going to get a, a deal, in my opinion, seven years north to $100 million. He will certainly opt out. He could come back to the Twins, 
But uh, I, I, I believe that in 2023 he'll be playing elsewhere. You know, I was going to try to shoot my shot at him. You know, I, I'm a single woman now, and um, you know, I've been, <laughs> I, I've been doing the Delivia. I tried to go low. I tried Weight Watchers. I tried not eat. So I have lost uh, 18 ounces, Steve. So you know, I'm getting back into my maternity clothes because they were a little too small for me. Uh, so I see progress, and I, you know, I was willing to go ahead and shoot my shot at Carlos Correa, but I, I'm not going to be able to do that if he's gone. You know. Yeah, it, it looks like he's headed out of town a week ago. I visited with Dan Hayes from the Athletic, who covers the Twins, and, uh-huh. and he was very direct. He said, oh, yeah, he's opting out. He's going to be playing elsewhere. I, I believe that as well. You know, it was a good run, but the Twins aren't going to commit the kind of dollars it's going to take. Once again, I believe it's a seven-year guaranteed commitment, well north of $200 million, and the Twins Ooh. aren't going to do that. Yeah. So who do you think will do that, though? Hard to say. I mean, there's there's a lot of clubs out there that that have the kind of money, that kind of money. We know we won't end up in L.A. because of the whole Houston, L.A. uh, Right. Yeah. Cheating thing from a number of years ago. So he's going to end up with the Dodgers. But there are a number of teams out there. I mean, the Yankees certainly have the money to to bring in Carlos Correa. Uh, there's no question about that. You always point to the Yankees, the Mets, um, some of those East Coast clubs, uh, the Red Sox. It, they could quickly go into mm. spending mode and sign a guy like Correa. So there, mm-hmm. there are plenty of options for Carlos Correa next year. All right. Okay, before you go, food options. Where can I go to eat? I'm at St. John's. I'm in Collegeville. Any restaurant suggestions? Ooh, um, yeah, there's there's a couple of little spots in, in St. Joe, the little town nearby. I, I would check that out. Um, my daughter went to school at St. Ben's uh, in St. Joe. St. Ben's, St. John's are, are kind of tied together. Yeah, there's some good spots. Some, uh, if, if you like pizza and that sort of thing, there, there's some good options in St. Joe. All right, I might be back in my maternity clothes. Sounds like I just gained two pounds just talking to you. Steve Thompson is coming up next. This has been the Shaletta Show. Y'all have an amazing weekend.